It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host and super fan of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned my addiction into information for you. Each and every day, I'm going to bring you news, rumors, transactions, everything about the Cincinnati Reds. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump into today's episode. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for downloading and listening. If you're not a subscriber, hit that subscribe button. That way you get Reds every single day from yours truly. Uh, On today's episode, we're going to talk about a couple of moves that the Reds have made, and we're going to look at the big picture of the offseason. Yeah, I know it's not great. They still haven't gotten a shortstop, so there's that to talk about as well. As we uh, begin over the next couple of weeks, we are two weeks away from the start of spring training. Get excited, folks. But we're going to shift our focus to the season storylines with the guys on the roster and things like that. But I kind of wanted to spend these next few episodes now the next episode coming up later this week we'll have Lucas Sims on to wrap up his 2020 season kind of tell us how that all went and then also look forward to what's coming in 2021 had a great chat with Lucas that's coming up on the next podcast and the best way to not miss that is to subscribe like I mentioned earlier also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. But I want to talk about uh, kind of the feeling of this offseason because we have definitely been disappointed. If you are a Reds fan and you're not disappointed today, you're not paying attention because the Reds began the offseason by saying they were going to upgrade the shortstop position. If you look at the moves that they've made this offseason, can you say that they've done that? They mentioned whenever they were non-tendering Archie Bradley and trading away Rysel Iglesias and, and non-tendering Kirk Casale and those guys, and they, and they mentioned that, oh, well, we are repurposing salary. What's been the purpose? Has it been for all of these under-the-radar moves, for all of these signing for league minimum deals, these non-roster invitees to spring training, all this other stuff? Because I really didn't think you had to cut $16 million to do that. That's essentially what they did. And in fact, if you look at what the opening day payroll for 2020 would have been had all things been equal, they have cut $30 million from that number. They, they are poised to go into 2021 with a payroll slightly over $117 million maybe around 118 now with the couple of moves they made. Last season, they would have gone into the regular opening day at $147 million. So why is the offseason almost over and they've done little to close that gap? 
Are we really going to sit here and say that bad luck was all that separated the Reds from being amazing and being what they were? We are completely content with the roster as it is because they had a low BABIP. It's very interesting. A very interesting take and a very interesting uh, bit of pressure that they're putting on David Bell. We're, we'll talk more about that as the spring rolls along. But, but this move that they've just recently made in Sean Doolittle has lots of irony wrapped around it. Just think of it. Sean do little. Now, that's not to say that he himself does little. He was actually a closer for the Nationals for a couple of years. He dealt with some injuries in 2020, so he pitched very little, and he pitched pretty bad whenever he did pitch. And now he is healthy. And in fact, it was said that he was going to Seattle. He even tweeted that he was going to Seattle during the offseason, working out at driveline to figure out what it was that he lost and get it back. When you look at his baseball savant page, it's easy to see what he lost. His average fastball velocity over the last three years has cratered. Last year, his average fastball velocity was 90.8. That ain't getting the job done out of the bullpen. Especially when you look at his pitch breakdown and he threw his fastball 81% of the time. So 81% of the time he was chucking up a duck to the plate that players were just uh, that hitters were just smashing and that's why he not only looked bad but didn't very pitch very much so he is now another guy that we add to the bounce back category which is pretty much this entire roster now there's obviously a handful of pitchers that you can point to and say those guys were the ones but now you've added another Jeff Hoffman and Sean Doolittle are project pitchers at this point Doolittle is not young. He's been in the league for a while, and he's 34 years old. So it's not as if we're talking about a guy who has more to find in his career. If anything, he is at the reinvention stage of his career, especially with the fact that you look at his last two years. Yeah, in 2019, Doolittle led the National League in games finished, but that's really all you can say about it. He had 60 innings pitched to a 4.05 ERA and saw his walks plus hits per innings pitch, his whip, balloon to 1.3, which is more than double what it was in 2018 whenever he was an all-star. So the Reds have added a left-handed reliever, which is good, but have they added another Zach Duke, which we all know wasn't good. We'll see how he bounces back. He's definitely going to be one to keep an eye on. And right before I started recording today, the Reds announced that they have signed Nicky Delmonico. If you don't know that name, and if you think that I just made a Goodfellas reference or something like that, you can be forgiven because this dude is just basically a utility player. In fact, he's a non-roster invitee, minor league contract with invite to spring training. So it's not as if they're expecting a lot there. There's been all of these moves that they've made that you can put under the category of, well, they're lottery tickets. That's the entire offseason. That's all this offseason has been. Lottery ticket after lottery ticket. And where does that put the Reds heading into a year that was supposed to be building on the fact that they had their first winning season in what felt like a century last year? How are they building to that? How are they adding to that? Friend of the show, Mo Egger, points out in a 
column on The Athletic that the floor for the Reds is still pretty high. We're still talking about a team that probably doesn't win less than, I don't know, 78 games, 80 games. They're going to be interesting this year. The question is, where's the ceiling? The question is, how interesting can they be? And we're going to look at that more as this episode progresses. Uh, Firstly, I do want to point out, though, that with the Super Bowl this weekend, there is no better place to put in your bets than BetOnline. They've got all of the best lines, all of the best props. One of the best things about Super Bowl week is all of the crazy prop bets that you can find on there. My favorite prop bet every year at the Super Bowl, I always bet this, is what color liquid will the winning coach get doused with? Now, they say liquid because I don't think they want to talk about Gatorade. It's it's probably going to be Gatorade. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe one of the teams has Powerade at this point. I doubt that's true. But, yeah, whatever. What color Gatorade is the winning coach going to get doused with? You can check out that and other prop bets on the official site for sports gambling for the Locked On Podcast Network, betonline.ag. And when you go to set up your account, type in the promo code Locked On. They'll give you 50% more on your initial deposit bonus just for typing in Locked On. So if you want to put 50 bucks in there, they'll give you another 25. You want to put in 100, they'll give you another 50 just for typing in the promo code Locked On. Head on over to betonline.ag, throw a couple bucks on the Super Bowl, and type in the promo code Locked On to get 50% off your, or 50% more on your initial deposit bonus on betonline.ag. Also, with the cold temperatures, all of the snow, the slick sliding, your car's probably creaking a little bit. You might need to do a little work. I got the best place to get your next part rockauto.com. They've been doing this for a long time. They've got great customer service and a very easy to use website when it comes to finding that part for your car. Maybe you're not exactly mechanically inclined. You don't know what part you're looking for or what it's called. Rock Auto can help you out with that. You just find over on the left side of the website, your car company, you find your make, you find your model, then they have a drop-down list of all the parts that your car will ever need. Or, if you're a little bit more of a grease monkey, you can find your favorite brand because Rock Auto has them all. Whether you're looking for shocks, struts, brakes, tail lights, tail pipes, whatever you're looking for, Rock Auto's got it because they've got all the parts your car will ever need. And when you're checking out, in the How'd You Hear About Us section, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff sent you. That's rockauto.com. And when you're checking out, type in Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. RockAuto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need. And before we get back to talking about this Reds offseason that has been a bit of a disappointment, I wanted to point out you can get the biggest news stories around the sports world from the Locked On Today podcast. Check out Locked On Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers. He takes a look at all of the big sports stories, regardless of what sports they're happening in, so you get the picture on everything happening in the sports world. Check out Locked On today, wherever you get your Locked On podcasts. All right, so I mentioned, well, where does this leave the Reds? They've done nothing but take lottery tickets out this entire offseason. There's not been a big signing. There's not been a big trade. They've backed themselves into a corner where if they're going to upgrade the shortstop position, it's going to be via trade. And if you've read C. Trent's most recent roster prediction article on The Athletic, he now is saying that 
you know, it's still likely that the Reds make a trade for a shortstop, but now he is almost predicting that the Reds head into opening day with a shortstop platoon of Kyle Farmer and Kyle Holder. And he points out the numbers of each player when it comes to a right-handed pitcher or a left-handed pitcher. And yeah, you could probably squint and see some numbers that at least don't uh, scare you. But honestly, if this is what the Reds had in mind for improving the shortstop position, then why on earth did they even tell us they were looking for that? Why on earth did they even say that they were going to look to make a move? Because that's what they told us. It wasn't as if we were reading between the lines and saying, yes, the Reds are going to go get a shortstop. But if the whole point was to just create another platoon on this roster of platoons, I I, I don't understand that meaning. So go out and go trade for a shortstop. Do it yesterday. Improve this roster because as it stands, as I mentioned in the first half of the episode, Mo Egger had a great column on The Athletic talking about the low or the high floor for the Reds with the question mark being where's the ceiling. And part of that is the division around them. We've said all offseason that, well, the Reds haven't done anything, but neither has anyone else in the Central. In fact, the Cubs have lost most of their roster. The Brewers have stood pat. The Pirates, well, they're the Pirates. We really weren't worried about them in the first place. And the Cardinals were standing pat. Yeah, the Cardinals changed that. They went out and they got Nolan Arenado on one of the most ridiculous deals that you will ever see. The Rockies look like just the worst organization in all of professional sports with that trade. And I don't think you'll get too many people arguing that. They just traded a gold glove, perennial all-star, perennial gold glove, top third baseman in the game. You could argue that he's one of the 10 best players in the game. And they chipped in money to pay for the guy. And what they got back, everyone agrees, was pretty much potatoes. So the Cardinals have made themselves far and away favorites to win the division. And here the Reds are still looking for a shortstop. And they've missed out on the free agent uh, cash of shortstops as they've all now signed. So now they have to make a trade. Maybe they can fleece the Rockies for Trevor's story. I don't know if they've hopefully called the Rockies at least to figure out if they're still in the business of making terrible trades. Maybe all they would have to do is send them a nice package of Skyline to Colorado and get Trevor's story uh, after watching that Nolan Arenado trade happen. Who knows? That's not that far off. But if they're looking to improve what we think the ceiling can be for this team, then they've got to go out and get a shortstop. Because as of right now, yeah, the floor probably is like, I don't know, 77, 78 wins, which you're not sad about that. That means that the season, for the most part, they are contending. I mean, I would be sad if they ended the season with a losing record after having a winning record last year. That would be a bigger disappointment of the season than, you know, last year making it to the playoffs and getting shut out for 22 innings. However, with that floor being so high, the ceiling isn't very high on top of it. In fact, I, I would venture to say that the range of wins for this team is somewhere between 77 and 83. To say that the Reds could win more than 83 games means that you're looking at all of the bounce backs on this roster and you're saying that like 95% of them will bounce back to the level that we believe they can. And that's just not going to happen. The law of averages just says that that's not going to happen. 
as much as I would love to see it happen, and I would love to sit here and eat crow and say that I'm wrong because everybody bounced back to their potential and the Reds were amazing and won like 90 games, what's most likely to happen? That's not it. But that's essentially what the people who are in control of the Reds' finances are saying. They're like, yes, what we have will bounce back. What we have will be better. What we have was getting unlucky in the shortened 2020 season, and over a normal, regular-length season, they will figure it out. They will get better, and they will be to the level of where we thought they'd be and where we figured this team would continue to trend upward in 2021. And that scares me. And you may be saying, well, well, Jeff, they're probably not even thinking that. They're probably just thinking, well, we got to save money because we lost money in the pandemic and all this stuff. First of all, let me stop you right there. If the ownership, if the people in charge of the finances for the Cincinnati Reds are not looking at wins and losses and are not concerned about how this team fares when it comes to the win-loss record and being a playoff contender and being a team that is in the championship conversation, then what are they doing? then why are they owning a professional sports franchise? I'm sure at the onset of spring training, we're going to hear interviews from folks in the Reds' ownership and the controlling interest of the Reds saying, well, they look better on paper. It looks like we're going to have a very good season, probably even better than last season. But is it really? When you look objectively at these moves, and and I cannot wait to see which ones pan out even better than we're expecting. Guys who beat our expectations, I'm rooting for every single one of them to do that. But the market sets its prices for a reason. Players get signed to certain deals for a reason. Whether it be they are unknown and they have yet to break out, or they've gone through their careers and they've hit the downslope, and they're kind of at the point where, yeah, they could reinvent themselves, but they're not likely to, that's why they're priced the way they are. That's why there has not been a move that the Reds have made that you've said, boy, they've spent a lot of money on that. Probably the take that gets me the most, that, that frustrates me, Not necessarily to a point where I'm angry, but I just look at it and I say, why even have that take? Is the whole idea of, woof, man, glad the Reds didn't pay that kind of money. I'm glad the Reds didn't spend X amount of dollars on this player. That's just too much. Based on his production, based on all this stuff, who cares? If it translates to wins, if it translates to a playoff series win, are we going to be looking back and saying, yeah, but man, the Reds might have still paid too much for this guy. I don't know. I I think they spent too much. The goal should be to win games. And the cost does not come out of my pocket. But I'll tell you what does come out of my pocket, the ticket money the concession money, the money for merchandise. Are you sitting here right now on February 3rd, two weeks before the start of spring training, and you're saying, boy, oh boy, based on what 2020 was for the Reds, I'm looking at the 2021 team, and I'm even more excited. I cannot wait to invest my hard-earned money in this team. Now, it's a little bit of an unfair question because you're going to open up the ballpark to fans finally, and most of you are like me. As soon as the gates are open, you're going to be there. 
But if you look at this team objectively, can you say that you're more excited about the 2021 version of the Reds than you were about the 2020 version? I'd love to know. Hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Hit up the show, at Locked On Reds. And hit up the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159. I'm genuinely interested. I want to know your feelings. I want to know what your thoughts are on this. Because I'm having to look long and hard and see, man, you know what? I'm, I'm excited about Cincinnati. I am. I'm excited to see some guys bounce back and, and, and guys who may have had injury history bounce back and be healthy and show us what they can do. But I'm having to squint really hard to see a Reds team that is better this year than they were last year because I don't think they are. Until they make a move for a shortstop for this season, until they tell me that their plan is not a platoon of Kyle Farmer and Kyle Holder, their plan is not to continue to rush Jose Garcia through his career, but their plan is we acquired this person from so-and-so for so-and-so, and this guy is going to play shortstop. I, I can't tell you that they're better. And I can't wait to be wrong about this take because you guys know me. I'm an optimist. I am a passionate optimist about this team, probably to the point that it frustrates some of you how optimistic I am most of the time with the Reds. But this offseason has drained that optimism to realism. I'm not pessimistic, but I'm being real. I'm looking at this team, and I got to be real about where I think they are right now, and their win total is between 77 and 83. And looking at this Cardinals team with now Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt in the middle of the order and their pitching staff is coming back and all that good stuff, I, I find it hard to believe that 83 is going to beat that. So I'm not sitting here and saying that you should go out and put your money on the Reds winning the division at plus 260 right now. In fact, the Cardinals are at plus 140. They jumped up by, I, I think their their odds got cut in half, which means that Vegas now thinks that they are like twice as likely to win the division just based on the Nolan Arenado trade. The Reds need to do something because if they do that, they will close that gap. And I don't know why they haven't already done it. And that's really what I wanted to get at in today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to me rant and rave and tell you about the offseason that is disappointing me on today's podcast. If you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button. We've got lots of coverage as spring training is beginning here in two weeks. I've got Lucas Sims on the podcast on the very next podcast. You're not going to want to miss that. Lucas talks a lot about the season. I even ask him what his final conversation with Trevor Bauer was like. We get into a lot of great stuff here. So you're not going to want to miss that. That is next on the Locked on Reds podcast. But that'll do it for us here today. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. I will talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.